0: Foundation, an episode by episode podcast review of CBS's action adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly, and I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 1, Episode 2, Metal Saw. Episode was September thirtieth, twenty sixteen. Today for us, mm-hmm. uh, this episode is called Metal Saw for absolutely no reason. Yeah,
1: it it seems that all the episodes are going to be named after random tools.
0: Yeah, at least if we're going by the IMDb listing right now. Right. Uh, uh, so we have Metal Saw, and then All and then yeah, Wire Cutter, Wire Cutter,
1: and, and then Toothpick.
0: Yeah. And episode six is yet to be uh, yet well, to be named. If it's not Paperclip, that'll be the finale, I assume. Yeah. Um, a hopefully lot of paper clips in this episode. Hopefully, it's not a clip show. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best I got for today, people. This episode was directed by Jerry Levine, who has directed a lot of TV shows, mm-hmm. uh, including a few uh, Hawaii 5 reboots. He also has uh, a few acting credits, including Tony from Iron Eagle. Uh. I'm looking at the resident uh, Iron Eagle expert. I
1: do love me some Iron Eagle, but I couldn't tell you who Tony is. Yeah,
0: not sure here. Um, He also played Styles in Teen Wolf, so that's cool. Uh, The writer for this episode was Craig O'Neill, who is uh, an executive producer of this reboot series. Um, He also wrote 16 burn notices and 5 CSI Cybers. Mm. Yeah. Um, Why don't we describe this episode in brief?
1: Well, in this episode, MacGyver and team head to Venezuela to rescue a uh, captured spy. Mm-hmm. Just cut and dry. I mean, it's it's just that simple.
0: Yeah, not much to it. Uh, um, we actually start with an opening gambit.
1: Yeah, we're very excited to get the return of the opening gambit. Which
0: I think Deathlock maybe was the last opening gambit with yeah. the uh, the jet ski coffin which was a great way to go out. yeah it was it was an awesome finisher um but we start this episode basically uh seven miles north of the dmz in north korea mm-hmm. and uh stands for demilitarized zone uh, for those of you who probably already knew <laughs> um and uh macgyver and jack are on their way back over the border trying to get away from a truckload of North Korean soldiers mm-hmm. that are shooting at them.
1: Yeah, they're in a, um, in a car that's been retrofit with different pizza pieces of, like, another armored car.
0: Yeah, it's a lot like The Gauntlet. And when I say The Gauntlet, I don't mean the MacGyver episode The Gauntlet. You I mean the movie The Gauntlet yeah, the, with cl- the Clint, Clint Eastwood. Um, but, yeah, and it's very clear just from looking at it that this is something that MacGyver probably soldered together to get them across the border.
1: Well, I mean, stuff's just like hung up on the doors. Like, there's there's a larger door on the passenger door, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, just protecting all the glass, except for the windshield, mm-hmm. um, which they probably could have thought through. There, there probably could have been something protecting the windshield here.
1: Yeah, it really. Like, like you like you, like, have, like those narrow slit windows.
0: Yeah, but I just Periscope? like uh, yeah. But then he, basically, as they're approaching the demilitarized zone, which is actually a very vast yeah zone it's not yeah, it's, it's not like it's, just a checkpoint on the road it it would it's like several miles wide yeah and um, it's
1: like severely mined
0: yeah um but as they're approaching the, this this episode's approximation of the border between North and South Korea they uh realize that all the stuff that's blocking the road is going to kill them unless they turn the car around and mm-hmm. crash uh, in reverse through it with the armored side of their vehicle. Um,
1: uh, well, I want to bring up a, a, a couple other things that happened before that. Oh, sure. Uh, MacGyver's trying to uh, throw out some homemade, like, fertilizer and gasoline bombs. Right. And he keeps missing uh, the target. And they're the whole, this whole time they're being tracked from, from the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah. There's, like, a drone overhead, so we got an overhead satellite shot, and they're in constant radio communications. And... Jack starts laying into MacGyver about his aim being off. And, you know, MacGyver says like, oh, you know, you know, I'm trying my best. And Jack takes the radio and turns it off. Yeah. And he says, man, you are still worrying about Nikki and not concentrating on your job. He, did, yeah. he didn't want that going out over the air. Yeah. Uh, because you'll, you'll see in a couple scenes that he's actually he's going to be covering for MacGyver. Yeah. About uh, the uh, Nikki Carpenter incidents from last episode. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so we actually have something of a continuity from that story.
1: Um, also, though, I, I say, like, over this whole action sequence, we get taken care of business. Yeah. Um, but it's a Korean version of the Yeah, a Korean cover of. of it. So I, I thought that that was, like, a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Um, but when. Uh, m- so on approach to the border crossing, MacGyver flips the car around so they're now driving backwards. And uh, the. Uh, north korean soldiers pursuing them are now able to fire directly through the windshield at them um and McGevern's like all right this is gonna suck and he's like it already sucks (laughs) (laughs) like we're already getting shot at now it's that much worse that it's coming through the glass at us but um then they basically plow through the other side of the road and everyone stops shooting Mm -hmm. which i think probably wouldn't happen either
1: Well, yeah, because now they're they're in the DMZ. Yeah, I guess, which is only again like maybe like fifteen feet wide. Yeah, exactly. In this interpretation, when it
0: should be like thirty miles wide.
1: But I guess it's one of those rules, like where if you're in between the nations, you can't shooting either side would be considered an act of war, because it's technically both countries.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: Uh, Even though it's the whole concept of the DMZ is there shouldn't be soldiers. There shouldn't be soldiers in there at all. Because it's a demilitarized yeah. zone, as I already it's mentioned.
0: Like, yes, this this t- tiny ten foot line is demilitarized, but everything around it is just military.
1: Totally military. Uh, MacGyver is explaining to the South Korean soldiers who have them at gunpoint, because they don't, again, they don't know who they are either. Right. Uh, that they were sent in by the United States to retrieve a cyber terrorist who they have in the trunk.
0: Right. Uh, and his, suddenly they can hear him shouting from inside the truck yeah. of this armored vehicle.
1: Uh, Jack has a good moment where it's like, it's like, his name's Python. I don't know what his actual name is. <laughs> 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 uh, and so they're able to talk their way back into South Korea. Yeah. Uh, and they, we get a fist bump just before the opening title.
0: Right. And then we start... The current adventure, that's the end of the opening gambit to this episode, Mm -hmm. which doesn't factor into the actual plot of the episode at all. Um, But we open the actual episode with uh, MacGyver sleeping on his couch, as he often does. Um, We actually, this is an interesting parallel that I noted, Um, we open with, we open the second episode after the opening gambit with MacGyver sleeping and being approached by a general. Yeah. Which is the same way we started the second episode in the original Mm. series. We had the opening gambit in the junkyard, then we cut to MacGyver sleeping on a chair on the beach, Mm. and then a general comes up to talk to him. Yeah. But in this scene, he doesn't recognize this general.
1: Yeah, it's... He uh, thinks
0: it's someone from North Korea trying to attack him. And he tackles him to the ground.
1: Yeah, and uh, it turns out that it's a very, very high quality mask. Yes. Um, It's actually kind of creepy how realistic it looks, even when it's off the face. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, it is, in fact, Bozer, who is still working on his Korean movie where he uh, wants MacGyver to play the villain. Right. And this is the costume that MacGyver will be wearing.
0: And we neglected to mention last week, uh, but I did mention it on the Facebook page, that Penny did get a a slight mention Mm -hmm. when uh, MacGyver brings in the the rocket prop and he asks Bozer where it came from. He says, oh, Penny loaned it to me for this film I'm making. And uh, when I made that point on the on the site, listener Andrea Seitz mentioned that there is someone credited as Penny Parker in the fourth episode., mm. so we will be seeing Penny Parker soon. yes um, but yeah, so he he basically tackles uh, Justin Heyer's, uh Bozer to the ground, pulls the mask off, but he's still like sitting on top of him when yeah, yeah, Riley yeah. walks in and makes the point that she was instructed not to knock when she comes into the house. yeah. yeah
1: um also i thought and much to my disappointment i thought for sure this ultra high quality mask of a north korean general would come into play at some point in this episode because MacGyver's making a point of looking at it and saying like oh wow this is oh, this, this really, is really realistic me. yeah it really fooled me uh
0: when the whole rest happen. of the episode goes by without this mask making a reappearance. Yeah, I was Doesn't mean they're not saving it for another episode. Yeah,
1: I know. But if you're gonna make so much so much effort into introducing it, you better use it.
0: I'm surprised at the continuity of him having asked MacGyver to do the voice of an Asian general in the previous episode and then actually having an Asian mask in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was enough to impress me.
1: Well, what I especially like is also that he got his uh, Korean friend to pose for the mask.
0: Yeah, but he's not going to have the Korean friend play the character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I guess he needs someone who speaks Mandarin, not Korean.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: Yeah. So that's got to be the reasoning there. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> that uh, that whole situation happens and and the hacker girl is apparently there at the house. Mm-hmm. Um she, I think I what does she say? Sorry.
1: Oh, well, uh she is uh, she's really there to get someone to go with her down to her parole officer. Right. Yeah. Um, why she needs to have a parole officer? Because it seems to me, if the Phoenix Foundation took her in, they would just clear the charges. Yeah. And she, like she wouldn't need to to go to parole yeah. officer. If they were able to drag meetings. her
0: out of her prison sentence, yeah. Then she shouldn't. It doesn't make sense that she has a parole officer. Should have yeah. been like no, the government is taking this person. They belong to us now. Yeah. But for some reason, she has to attend meetings with the parole officer and lie to the parole officer about everything, mm-hmm. including Where she's whether been. or not she's left the country, whether or not she's imbibed alcohol, whether or not she's used a computer. Mm-hmm. And as she's lying each of these times, we get a quick shot from the pilot of her breaking all the rules. Right. Like you aren't allowed to leave the country. You aren't allowed to use a computer. We see her using a computer with Thornton over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. You aren't allowed to drink alcohol. And we get a shot of her like clinking beers with MacGyver at the end of the episode. Right, which right. again implies that this was an alcoholic beverage that they're consuming there at the end of that episode. So MacGyver is not sober in this version of the show, at least not yet. Mm-hmm. Um but then uh she has a really weird line. She comes out of the parole officer's office and Bozer is there trying to get candy out of a vending machine. Right, And she says, thanks for convincing my P.O. we're dating. It gets him off my back, mm-hmm. which I don't know why that would get the parole officer off her back at all. Um, the parole officer
1: said that uh, people are less likely to repeat offend if they're in a healthy relationship. And so I guess the fact that she is with Bowser, even though it's, it's but he pretend- has no idea
0: if it's a healthy relationship. Yeah,
1: I mean she could be abusing the hell out of him. Yeah,
0: she probably is.
1: Uh, but he seems to think that, or in in this universe, the parole officer is satisfied the fact that she has a boyfriend. Right. That's all. That's all you need to be like good in his book.
0: Yeah. Uh, but she's able to uh, karate kick this vending machine to. Release bozer's stuck chocolate bar Mm -hmm. which he then splits with her
1: yeah well she earned it
0: yeah and (laughs) then the two of them as they're walking out of the office uh basically bozer is just continuing to flirt with her as has been every line that he's shared with her over the course it's almost almost
1: every line of his dialogue in the show yeah If, if he's not like trying to get MacGyver to do this movie he's hitting on riley
0: yeah um and basically the conversation ends with him asking for her number. She takes his phone and types her full name, mm-hmm. well, her full first name, into the phone instead of just one letter. And then the first number of her cell phone number. Right. It would have actually been funnier if she typed a one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and he's he just looks at this. She typed a three. And he's like, well, hold on now. This I don't think this is right. This seems like maybe there should be more numbers here. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you have... You have to play your cards right, and you'll get another number every week that you convince them that we're in a relationship. And he's yeah, like, So she all has right.
1: to go every week to meet a, a brawl Apparently,
0: officer. yeah. And uh, and so he's like, all right, so that means four, five, six more weeks. And she's like, nine more weeks. You're mm. forgetting the area, the area code number. And then you pointed out, well, I mean, it, the it, next it, digit is either a one or a two. yeah. And, and if it's a two, then the area code is three, two, three mm-hmm. and then five, five, five. <laughs> so we really only need four digits after that. So really there's only five weeks left of guessing. Yeah. Cause, um,
1: cause it, once he gets the second number, he'll know,
0: he'll know the area code mm-hmm. and then he can assume the first three digits of the seven digit part. Um, but yeah, so we'll see how that plays off. I'm sure they'll add one number every episode. Uh, yeah, for sure. They'll keep that going. Um, but yeah, so then uh, we move from that conversation to uh, Thornton's office, mm-hmm. where uh, she and Jack are talking about MacGyver and Nikki. And Nikki, yeah, and about even though the like he turned off the radio to avoid getting MacGyver in trouble. Now suddenly they're talking about his obsession with Nikki. Right,
1: but Jack is defending MacGyver. Right, he's saying that that MacGyver is over it. And he doesn't want anything to
0: do with her. And he's trying to blame it on other things, which are not any better. Like Mm -hmm. he says, look, his mother died when he was five. His dad left when he was 12. Didn't die. Left when Mm -hmm. he was 12. Which on the series, the the mom died first.
1: No. No, the dad died first. With the grandmother.
0: And then the mom passed away. And then Harry left. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like with this series, they're kind of replacing... Well, there, he refers to a grandfather a lot too, though, so it's kind of a combination. Well,
1: I'm assuming that after his dad left, he lived with his grandfather. Okay. Uh, I'm making that assumption right yeah,
0: now. Yeah, that sounds fair. But either way, the the dad may be making an appearance somewhere in the series. Yeah, I, I have a
1: feeling he will. He will be a villain. Right. To come. Yeah. We cut to MacGyver in Nikki's apartment. Oh, right, when, right, right, When Jack is saying, like, like hammering home that he's he's done with Nikki. Right. And we cut to MacGyver in Nikki's apartment searching around and then Jack is there too and says i thought you were going to stop coming around yeah. here and like cuz you've been coming up here every single day um and MacGyver is convinced that there's something that they missed yeah now we cut back to the phoenix foundation right and they sit on the couch together and there's a gigantic punch bowl
0: full of paper clips
1: to full. the brim
0: it's
1: <laughs> just full of paper clips
0: it's such a dumb joke
1: Yeah, um, can I offer you some paperclips? Yeah. (laughs) Oh,
0: thank you. I mean, we made the point last week that they they had already used more paperclips in the pilot than they did in the entire first season of the original series. Yeah. Now we've seen more than in the entire original series.
1: (laughs) I think I've seen more paperclips in this episode than I probably have ever used in my life.
0: Yeah. But the funnier part for me is that MacGyver just leans forward and plucks one off the top like, oh, Good, someone brought paper clips. Oh, like, delicious. <laughs> it looks like he's about to just take a bite out of one. Like, that's just what they serve as a snack at the Phoenix Foundation. Um, but then they have their conversation about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Thornton is flipping through basically a slideshow of uh, this guy, Barrios. Um, arms dealer. Yeah, Alfredo Barrios, who's an arms dealer in Venezuela and who has basically – Taken a hostage in the form of an undercover agent. Um, what is her name?
1: Uh, the character or the actress? Yeah,
0: the character. Sarah Adler. Sarah Adler, who in the episode is being played by Amy Acker. Mm-hmm. Not too different from the character's name, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Amy Acker, I really like. She's a she's a Joss Whedon uh, regular, so like she she appears in a lot of his like mostly his produced stuff but some of his directed stuff too yeah much ado uh, about nothing yeah, that, that cabin
0: was a, in, or cabin in the woods yeah
1: uh angel he was, yeah he, she, yeah she was on angel uh uh she was on the dollhouse she was like a major character on dollhouse oh, which okay is another joss whedon
0: that's the douche coup show
1: yeah uh which was really good from what i hear i only watched a couple episodes and i did like it yeah um but yeah 70 episodes of angel is crazy um but One of my favorite credits was a hit TV series in the 90s (laughs) called Wishbone.
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure I never saw any of this, but the dog looked familiar when you pulled it up for me.
1: Yeah, for those who don't know, Wishbone was like reading Rainbow, but a dog, a talking dog, would act out the scenes as if it was like really happening and. all, amongst all these other humans. So, like, the dog would be dressed as Robin Hood and be playing Robin Hood, but all everyone else would be normal people. Right. And, you know, so Maid Marian would be a human woman, like, being wooed by dog Robin Hood. <laughs> and it, it just takes you, like, through, like, fantasy stories and literature stories. And, yeah. Uh, with this dog as the main character.
0: Well, sounds phenomenal.
1: Yeah, it was great. And if you haven't seen Wishbone, look it up. It's right to CBS. Let's try and get the
0: reboot going.
1: I I would like to, I would love to see more Wishbone. I'm actually trying to look up who the voice of Wishbone was Larry Brantley. Well, he did a fantastic job.
0: Good job, Larry. Uh,
1: But anyway, so Amy Acker, she's great. Uh,
0: Was she a Phoenix operative or she was just an undercover operative for some intelligence agency?
1: Yeah, well, they, they, Jack talked about that they were at they went the, through the
0: farm together yeah, yeah.
1: Which, which is the, you know the code for the cia Funny farm yeah. they
0: went through the <laughs> psych ward together
1: they're coming to take me away uh-huh. oh, hey, hey, hey. Uh, and so i'm assuming she's either still working with the cia or a similar but i think they say that the cia disavows her uh, yeah
0: that doesn't mean she wasn't working for them that just yeah. means that the government tensions are high and that they have to pretend that she's not an undercover agent because otherwise it's going to be a publicity nightmare. Uh. So the government can't even go in to retrieve her because that would confirm her her agency. Mm -hmm. And so they contracted the Phoenix Foundation a a private think tank to retrieve her. To go in after her. Um, And so they're basically acting as mercenaries to collect... Because it, cause
1: it seemed, wasn't it established that the CIA doesn't even know that the Phoenix Foundation exists?
0: Yeah, that's like, true. Like and that yet no, they contracted them to go do this work?
1: Yeah, I thought, I thought that that was the whole thing, was that, that no one well, no, knows. Well, no,
0: the CIA doesn't know that DXS exists. Oh, that's right. Ah. This is totally different. And neither do we now, because it doesn't anymore. Yeah. Um, it only existed for one week. That's why the CIA didn't know. They had just hadn't gotten the press release yet. It wasn't even private. But it got shut down the day it opened. Yep.
1: Just like the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah. Um, MacGyver takes the paperclip that he uh, retrieved and bends it into the Phoenix Foundation logo. Yeah, a which,
0: miraculous uh, impression of our podcast's logo.
1: Yeah. Um, also, I think physically impossible to do with just your bare hands. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can take a paperclip and I can bend it. But the, the really elaborate bending that re- is was re- required by this, you need a pair of pliers. And, it's and not to If say, there's
0: one thing MacGyver never has on him, it's true. It's a pair of pliers.
1: You got me on that one. <laughs> I I I totally concede that I was wrong. To, <laughs> that MacGyver could not have done this. Yeah,
0: never say MacGyver can't do a thing.
1: Uh, the next scene is uh, them in a uh, Learjet flying, presumably to Venezuela. Right. And Jack is having a flashback of an incident uh, in Belarus, I believe. Uh, yeah. He says uh, they are in
0: a nondescript room getting shot at through a window, mm-hmm. him and Sarah, Sarah Adler.
1: And uh, they're, they're having like some witty banter, but she has a boyfriend and so they're keeping it casual. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Jack kind of confesses to MacGyver that you know, he's got deep feelings for her and wants to do whatever he can to, to, to keep her alive.
0: Right. And he's in tears.
1: Yeah. Won't be the first time in this episode, too.
0: Yeah. Won't be the last time.
1: No. Is what? that the first time? I, it won't yeah. be the first time? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very tired. I don't even know if it
0: is the first time. He might have been in tears in the office when he first saw that she had been taken hostage. Yeah. But yeah, he's tearing up here, and he'll tear up several more times over the course <laughs> of the remainder of the episode. Very un-Jack. In as little as we've even known of him, it seems uncharacteristically sad. Yeah. Uh.
1: Jack says that he has a former contacts in Venezuela since, in his CIA days, this is the region that he worked.
0: Right. Yeah, his, South America was his assignment. Mm. The entire continent. Everything. He was in charge of everything that happened in South America. So we cut to his, his best pal knocking Marco, him to the floor. yeah, punching him in the face. Uh, and he says, I told you to leave this bar and never come back. And he's like, I thought you were dead. And he's like, you shot me five times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's Uh, like, that's what I would start with. I wouldn't be like, hey, I told you to leave here and not come back. I would be like, you left me for dead. Yeah. I'm going to murder you now.
1: Didn't I shoot you five times? But he
0: says, he says like, oh, you survived all four shots. And he's like, you shot me five times, Jack. (laughs)
1: Uh, Jack is there actually, though, to talk to Julio. Right. Who says, I don't want to talk to you.
0: Um, Yeah, Yeah, he's just like drunk leaning against the jukebox. Like, I don't want to talk to these people.
1: So uh, MacGyver, uh, in a Raiders of the Lost Ark fashion, uh, dumps uh, grabs a cigar from someone's mouth, I think. Marco's. Yeah, and throws it onto the bar where there's spilt alcohol all over.
0: Basically, he tips a bottle over and then slides it down the length of the bar so that it spills alcohol the whole length of the bar. And then he reaches over and grabs the cigar out of Marco's mouth and taps it to the bar to light the whole thing on fire. And in voiceover, he tells us, this was a bad idea, but we needed a distraction
1: at the moment. Yeah. So a bar fight breaks out, and then Julio makes a run for it. They chase him down uh, the street, but Riley luckily uh, hits him with a car door.
0: Yeah. like uh, She <laughs> pulls up, and then as he's running past the car, she just kicks the driver's side door open mm-hmm. and knocks him out cold.
1: Uh, and from here, we immediately cut to them outside of the... Uh, Hawkins Laboratory right. for the
0: Department of Energy. Yeah, exactly. We're at we're at the Hawkins National Laboratory, which is I guess actually a building on uh, Emory University's uh, Briarcliff campus, but mm-hmm. uh fairly recognizable building to any stranger things viewers. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, it, it's a very unique looking building. Yeah,
0: it's very cool looking. It's
1: it's um what is that university study, do you know? Or I don't. Because it almost looks like the entire building's inside of a Faraday cage.
0: It kind of does, yeah. And <laughs> I'm l- sure that's part of what went into choosing it.
1: Uh, hey, uh, hey, Faraday
0: it? cage could be the uh, Mac fact for this episode. Yeah, Faraday but cage. But it fact. totally does. You're right.
1: Uh, Riley has uh, hacked into their Wi-Fi at the at the building and have gotten into their security cameras. Right. This is where closed circuit television. Comes from.
0: Yeah. It's closed circuit. Yeah, you can't <laughs> hack into it. It's not being broadcast. Yeah. Um, it's the same as uh, my problems with uh, the, our last uh, opening gambit episode, Deathlock, when, you know, uh, Quail had this whole house rigged with cameras and everything, mm-hmm. and they're able to disrupt the system of his cameras by up by blasting a radio frequency loud enough to disrupt all the cameras, but it should have been a closed circuit, so it shouldn't have affected anything. And the same is true here. There shouldn't be any way into the system. It should just all be directly wired. But she says she ran a rainbow table to reset the password. Mm -hmm. Whatever a rainbow table is. A rainbow table! But then she just instantly had access to everything at that point. Um, As they approached the outside of the building, um, MacGyver basically arc welds his way in.
1: Yeah. Apparently a rainbow table is a real thing, by the way.
0: I'm sure it is. The thing that they use to uh, search engine all the cameras on the West Coast is a real thing too, but it doesn't work as quickly as they did <laughs> it in the episode.
1: <laughs> is that real? That doesn't, doesn't sound, sound real.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So they, they, their only point of entry, as you said, is a giant steel door. That's uh, securing an old unused elevator shaft.
0: Right. So I guess there's like a car battery out there. Mm-hmm. Or they took it
1: from their car. Or
0: they, Yeah, maybe they did. Um, and he's got a pair of jumper cables, conceivably also from the car. And uh, and cupro nickel is what the uh, the motion tracked mm-hmm. uh, text said. It's something that he took from Jack. I didn't see. Was it just it, a it's coin? It's just coins, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, it's kind of like the arc welding he did in Trumbo's World when he took 50 cents right yeah, the, or 50 two cent half piece, dollars, yeah or yeah
1: um the car in this episode is almost another member of the team because it it does a lot more work than almost any of one of and it does more work than as a one as a whole than any of them do individually
0: right um it's like three for the road
1: yeah exactly because uh, MacGyver keeps taking pieces of it uh, to make other things even later on
0: yeah um
1: yeah but, uh, yeah, so they get access to the elevator shaft after they arc weld the bolts loose.
0: Which we, we've seen uh, MacGyver in the original series arc weld in Trumbo's World when he was fixing the... Like the pump piston? Yeah, the bilge thing to keep his, the Trumbo's farm from flooding. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Ugly Duckling, uh, Kate Lafferty, put one together to uh, arc weld her way out of the, of the tool shed that they right, locked right. her in. Right, um, for season one, episode 19. But yeah, so uh, they, they get into this elevator shaft and immediately start climbing up. They're not actually using the elevator.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the the cables are still there and MacGyver climbs down on his own and ends up in a morgue, which I guess had elevator access. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Sure. Like you bring the body down, you immediately put it in the freezer. Yeah. Uh,
0: he, but this morgue is completely empty. Yeah. It's having an out of body experience.
1: Riley informs MacGyver that there are just too many security cameras and guards around for him to get through unnoticed. In
0: this abandoned building with no entrance.
1: Yeah. Uh, MacGyver, without being noticed, grabs two of the cameras and disables them. Yeah. It's like, wouldn't they notice that two of the cameras that they just had operational are now no longer operational?
0: No, No, they wouldn't notice that. Um, Or they would send two guards out to go check on the camera, like, like in the heist.
1: Exactly. like. He put it like a, in the heist, he put like a, a picture of the hallway
0: and they still went and checked on. Yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Uh, but he uses the, this is kind of an interesting idea, although I don't like how it's, how it plays out. Right. He's going to use these infrared cameras and have Riley shut down the power and then use the infrared cameras as his eyes. Yeah.
0: Infrared goggles.
1: Um, But when they do it, it doesn't end up being infrared. It ends up being night vision. Right. Which is not... It's, it's, a, it's a different it, thing. Infrared
0: is not green.
1: Yeah. I- infrared is different from night vision. I mean, it, it can provide you vision at night.
0: It should look more like... Uh, like a grayscale. What, what the Predator is seeing.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, that's like a colorized version. But most yeah. infrared cameras, like, that, like these ones, are black and white. Yeah.
0: It would just be... It would be like a gradient of bright white on what is hot to
1: black, black which, is, which like, is not hot yeah um and they didn't do that yeah. and, and and like that's like a really easy like after effects plug-in to, to put is in. it is like i don't know maybe i i feel like it is uh, i feel like
0: you could also just get an infrared camera to shoot this scene
1: yeah exactly um i love that scene in sicario uh oh
0: yeah that's terrifying yeah
1: that that's amazing i love sicario so much
0: Still not sure why a sequel is happening. Yeah. But the first one was cool.
1: Yeah. Um, So MacGyver is making his way through and uh, knocking out guards as he uh, as he sneaks up on them, and he makes it snake
0: pliskin style.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like this is like uh,
0: total Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. He just needs a box.
1: (laughs) 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 Exclamation point. yeah, is, considering how much he those, like is Kurt Russell's character in. They're the same guy though. No. Yeah, they are. I know, but it, like, no.
0: <laughs> but Hideo like even said, yeah, it's the same guy from those movies, and John and John Carpenter was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't care.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome though. Yeah. John Carpenter's the man. Yeah. Uh, he makes it into Sarah's cell, but she immediately. Grabs and puts him in a chokehold and starts questioning who he is because she realizes he's obviously not Venezuelan. Yeah. And uh, she wants to know who he is and why he's here. And, like, I would just, if there's someone breaking into my cell, like, with weird goggles on, calling my name when I'm a prisoner, I would be
0: terrified. I would try and strangle him. It's like,
1: I've already succumbed to Stockholm Syndrome.
0: Don't take me. I love this place. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, she she asks. He does
0: look like suddenly Elton John is bursting into her jail cell. (laughs) 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 These glasses are ridiculous on him.
1: Uh, But he explains who he is, and then he also mentions Jack.
0: I know Jack, and he he could have been talking about any Jack on the whole planet. And then she gives him a last name to confirm, which is like, no, you should have said Jack who, mm-hmm. and then make him say Jack Dalton, because otherwise this could be another bad guy spy yep. that's just tricking you. Yep, and you but fell for like, it. She's like, oh, you mean Jack Dalton, don't you? And he's like, yes.
1: Jack Dalton, who works for the CIA, his uh, number is...
0: Uh, yeah, she just recites everything. Lives on the corner of...
1: <laughs> he has several vulnerable family members that live at the following addresses. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh Deathly allergic to walnuts. <laughs> just,
1: just horrible. Instant kill. <laughs> send them a banana nut bread <laughs> in the mail. Watch him explode. Uh, so uh, MacGyver and Sarah start making their way out of the building, but they end up in a, a weird kind of dissembled lobby. Yeah. Where they're they're doing like video game style cover. But the enemies are, like, only two feet away behind similar cover. Yeah. And it's almost like the scene in the Naked Gun movie where, like, Drebin is just, like, shooting around the garbage can. Yeah, and then he keeps leans cutting...
0: down and then goes back up.
1: Yeah, but, but and, uh, like, the reality of the situation is they're just too close together. Yeah. Um, but but it's is... also
0: weird that there's, like, three desks that are, like, assembled in, like, a U shape around each yeah. other.
1: Like, not in, like, a receptionist desk either, like, that you would have. It's just... Yeah. They're They're just like, piled it's just like three
0: in. counters that just got pushed into the middle of a room.
1: Um, but luckily, uh, Jack drives their car through the wall um, and is enough to cause the guards to run away while they all pile into the car and drive away. Right. And on the way back to, I guess, uh, they're on their way to Sarah's safe house. Uh, Jack and Sarah have a moment to, like, make googly eyes at each other and kind of... Have just, like, casual, oh, yeah, we should get back together kind of smiles. Yeah. Uh, she never mentions uh, what her current status is. Right. Her, her Facebook status is, it's complicated.
0: Yeah. It's very complicated.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, you made a joke while they were driving because Jack keeps looking at her and not paying attention to the road. Oh, yeah. I
0: was like, watch him just crash into a tree right here. And then at, he keeps looking at her. And then eventually they, they played the same joke where he, like, almost crashes head on into a car coming the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, man. Because he had to swerve at the last yeah, second. Yeah.
1: It's like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good. Uh,
0: but then he continues to look at her after yeah, that. Yeah, you, just,
1: you just don't. <laughs> uh. There's a really great like mashup of on online of like one of the scenes from Fast and the Furious where uh, Paul Walker is like looking at I think it's um Eva Mendes. Is it Eva Mendes who's in the Fast and the Furious movies?
0: I think she's in, in there.
1: In the second one, second and fourth. Second and
0: f- fifth. Sure. Ones.
1: Um, so it's, it's him and her looking at each other because yeah. he's, like, showing how good of a driver he is. He doesn't need to pay attention. So it's just, like, him speeding up. But then they mashed it up with, like, footage of, like, a car plowing through a whole bunch of, like, yeah. people at a mall or something like that. And it's, like, oh, Like God. actual footage of yeah.
0: Oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> it's
1: horrifying. It reminds
0: me of um, – have you seen that one where they took the Wendy's commercial and mixed it in with a crash? <laughs> no. Hold on. Let me find it now. I'm going to put this in the show notes because it cracks me up every time. But I'm – play it for Richard so you can hear his uh his reaction to it. What? oh usual. Hey guys this is a defining moment. We can continue down a bland avenue or we can turn this day around with a spicy
1: chicken sandwich from Wendy's <laughs> <laughs> time oh god <laughs> the commercial just keeps going yeah <laughs> oh Wendy's.
0: <laughs> oh that was amazing so yeah check the show notes for that it's pretty funny
1: yeah oh. uh oh sorry coming back <laughs> uh so they head to sarah's safe house and uh, it's immediately showing signs that it's been completely disassembled
0: and yeah. searched. Her safe house, by the way, looks like it costs like $80,000 a month.
1: Yeah, this is not... The, the, the overhead shot was like some, like, flavella in... Uh,
0: yeah, it, it, from the outside, it, it looked like she was living in, like, a hovel. Yeah. And then she goes inside, and it's just like this immaculate, palatial yeah. estate. Yeah.
1: Um, she's looking for Luis, who is her, like, cover that i guess her landlord yeah, landlord
0: uh rental partner who she she claims she trusts with her life mm-hmm. um as she's entering the building but then when she notices things are messed up she heads immediately upstairs and we see him yeah. strapped to a chair Dead. beaten to death
1: yeah he he was tortured to death and so she now has like a renewed sense of a. Uh, action to take against
0: barrios which she claims isn't revenge but it seems a lot like revenge
1: it seems a lot like revenge especially later yeah um but her she gives them the information that they need which she has basically information on all of uh barrios's contacts and dealings that he's made uh but she says it's gonna be useless because he's
0: about to leave the country because as soon as he knows i'm gone he's gonna leave we find out he's leaving anyway, so yeah. it's irrelevant if she was going to leave or not. But um, so she gives them the the ledger of all of uh, his company's information and says she's going to go after him personally before he can get out of the country. And they kind of one at a time agree, yeah, we're all going to go after him, yeah, because we don't want to let this guy out of the country either. But it's not about revenge.
1: It's not about revenge. Well, Jack is going with her because of his things and MacGyver doesn't want to let Jack go alone. And then Riley is forced to kind of come along for the
0: ride. But even then she doesn't really come along for the ride because she gets kind of a separate mission, which is to take this ledger and send it to the Phoenix foundation so that at least the, the really important part of their mission isn't compromised. Basically they had two objectives here, which were to return with the ledger and to return with her, with Sarah. Mm -hmm and uh and at this point they might they might uh not be coming back with Sarah so she says i'm going to take the ledger and uh send it over but this is venezuela and uh they didn't have like a nice isbn line yeah out of the house here
1: yeah so they they have to go to a cyber cafe where it, that only has a 56k modem
0: and she pays for 8 hours in advance cuz that's how long it's going to take to upload this file
1: which like how much information could that like if it's a ledger. I don't imagine it's like full of like pictures and things yeah, like I that. Yeah, I, I,
0: when I hear ledger, I think like a text. Yeah, document. it's it's
1: probably like maybe at the most if he's been working for like a couple of years, so it's like a couple of megabytes. Yeah. Um. I I friggin pirated Warcraft two from a friend over the internet piece by piece back in the day when you could do that with a game. Yeah. Um. And that was with a twenty eight eight, and so that didn't even take that long. It didn't even take eight hours. Yeah. So, I can't imagine that there's this much information on this drive.
0: Yeah. And she sits down at one of the computers um, in this cyber cafe and is immediately being hit on by uh, some creeper that's like watching a webcam of a woman strip behind her.
1: Yeah. Uh, so she starts uploading the data, and then we immediately cut to Patricia Thornton uh, working out in a gym, assuming at the Phoenix Foundation.
0: Yeah, it says Phoenix Foundation. And um, she, uh, she's just wailing on uh, a punching bag as her assistant basically approaches mm-hmm. um, with – is she holding anything? Maybe just like a – It's like an iPad. Yeah. Um, she just says that the file upload has begun and uh, the le- the ledger's being uploaded now, but it's being uploaded from a 56K modem because they didn't want it to be traceable.
1: And th- this is her, right?
0: Yeah, Ina Dumblow.
1: Yeah, like – She's she's been in both episodes, but I don't think they've ever said her name, which she's credited as Andy Lee. Uh Andy with a A and D I E. Okay. Uh but I don't and think she's
0: kinda like Pete's uh Pete's yeah. secretary who we mostly hear over the phone.
1: Yeah. So I, I think that the, she's probably Patricia Thornton's assistant. Yeah. But uh and she's credited, but she's she they've never really referred to her by her name properly.
0: Right. Not yet anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Patricia Thornton's like, well, why are they uploading this file if it's going to take eight hours? They were supposed to be back in eight hours anyway. Yeah. And then she says, well, that's the other thing that I probably should have started with. Uh,
1: they missed their pickup.
0: They missed their pickup and they, they're no longer in communication with us. Yeah.
1: It's like that. That's like, that's like, they're probably dead.
0: Yeah. And, and immediately Thornton is like, oh no. Like she's, she's like assuming the worst. Even though she should know by now that she's on a network television show and that you don't know, kill the main character on the out. second mission. Or third, I guess, if you count the opening gambit.
1: Uh, at Barrios' uh, compound, where he's getting packed up and ready to leave, uh, uh, they need to get a distraction to get some kind of way to get in. So MacGyver rigs up basically the ugly duckling method Right. of uh, – it, it's the same thing. Like, wasn't an ammo – or, yeah. No, it was gas. It was a can of gas.
0: No, it was, shotgun. Uh, no, it was the shotgun shell. It was shell. a shotgun yeah. shell.
1: That's right. Oh, my goodness. That's even better. So
0: that's ammunition technically. But, uh, again, he's cannibalizing the vehicle for this. He's He kicks off the rearview mirrors, mm-hmm. um, and he makes this weird, like, antlery helmet, and then he takes a, a lens from yes. the binoculars mm-hmm. and uh, is able to focus – Two mirrors as reflective surfaces, so double the sunlight through the lens of the binoculars, and form like a heat ray that he's pointing at these boxes of ammunition that right. are being loaded onto trucks and and driven out of the Barrios estate. Um,
1: while this is uh, while things are getting cooking, uh, Riley is descended upon by the Venezuelan government. Yeah, and they're they're after the ledger. Now she they said that. It's the government, but I would think it more it would be Barrios' men. Yeah. But um but maybe that's the one and the same. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so Riley sees like all these guys soldiers getting ready to make their way in armed.
0: I mean, wasn't the gauntlet in the original series supposed to be kind of like Venezuela? Um, I think so. And it was like kind of the same situation well, where the drug it, lord and it, the government were working together. It, it was supposed to be Somewhere Uh, that had a border on Mexico. uh,
1: With Mexico. And we decided it had to be either Belize or Guatemala. Yeah, I think
0: so. Um, That's right. So not Venezuela.
1: But, uh, because I remember we were were talking about, like, wait, where is this river?
0: Yeah. But um, as soon as as these soldiers sort of descend on the cyber cafe, um, suddenly uh, Patricia Thornton is there to exchange fire Mm -hmm. with them. Even Um, though
1: it would take eight hours, apparently.
0: Yeah. How long would it take to get to venezuela it would take eight hours to get there
1: from from la yeah i would say
0: yes like well we don't know what kind of magical planes they have access to at the phoenix foundation but either way it's the same time of day as when when she she started uploading the file i
1: would say minimum five hours yeah but But somehow thorn is there
0: instantly and uh is firing over riley's shoulder at these men that are piling into the cyber cafe and she says, "I don't understand. We use the 56k modem. Like, why? How are these men able to track me down?" And uh, and she says, "You know, Barrios is thoroughly engaged here. He has, you know, all these all these uh, yeah. he has Informant. all these informants everywhere." And at which point I was saying it would have been really funny if, like, the creepy dude that was sitting behind her, she's like, "No, you." And he's like, what? No, not me. And then like the the girl stripping on his monitor was like, hey, over here. I'm the one who called them. I'm the
1: informant. Um, According to Google, a uh, commercial flight with a connection would take 10 hours.
0: Okay. So maybe that's realistic then. No, it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) But you're saying commercial flight. She definitely would have had a private plane. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing like the Concorde. (laughs) That's my theory. They don't fly those anymore. No,
1: I missed my chance.
0: We yeah. haven't we haven't gotten to the subplot where there's actually six Patricia Thorns yet. Oh my God! That's what's gonna. That happen. would be a crazy twist. So they explain it.
1: Uh, so the back to the Barrios estate, the crates ignite and blow up, and Barrios just takes it on himself to go. Peace out, I'm out. Yeah, he and, just hops
0: on a motorcycle and it takes off. Yeah. But conveniently for the plot and for the camera work, he, like, he sort of disappears into a crowd of running henchmen, and then suddenly a motorcycle is starting up and pulls out of the driveway. Yeah. Right as the motorcycle is leaving, Patricia Thornton pulls up and says, was that Barrios? As they're all piling into the yeah. car. And then they turn to chase a guy on a motorcycle with a helmet on, who they have no idea if this is Barrios or not. Yeah, exactly. And 40 people just left this compound. compound. It could be anybody, but they chase this guy down.
1: Yeah, and they chase him down for a while. Like he's going down like some kind of switchback road, and so they're in a jeep and they're cutting across like. Yeah, it's basically the, the
0: very beginning of Commando. Mm-hmm. After they take, um, is it Alyssa Milano playing the daughter? Yeah, the daughter. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, they're staying on the road, but uh, the good guys are just cutting through the woods in between mm-hmm. each of the like switchbacks. And uh, the first time they stop, they like. Literally pulled to a stop right in front of a log ramp. Yeah. And they're like, "Good luck getting around us with your log ramp." And yep. then the motorcycle, you'll never believe this, goes up the ramp. And jumps over. And over the truck, and so then they continue through the woods down to the next the, part of the then road. Then they
1: stop at a bunch of skateboarders who have got a, like a quarter pipe.
0: Yeah. And they're like, they are like, well, uh, uh, never, he'll never get past and get this. Us now.
1: <laughs> it was pretty poorly staged. Yeah. But uh MacGyver takes a piece of canvas, once again cutting up Jeep canvas. Um he 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 says he had to weigh it down with wrenches, but I don't think that's necessary no, I think it didn't the canvas w- would be enough.
0: Yeah. Uh and he basically whips it over his head like a lasso before tossing it over the front wheel of this motorcycle, which in the in the uh voiceover he's saying will cause one wheel to stop and for the driver of the motorcycle to fly through the air. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. Yep. It's kind of a, a badly executed stunt though.
1: Cause he comes to a complete stop as does the motorcycle. Yeah. Like, like the, he
0: should have been sliding along the road for, for, a, for a while. A while. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: you, you slide for a while.
0: Um, but he stops pretty immediately and the stunt just looks weird because of the way it's cut. They cut around it mm-hmm. in kind of a strange way. But, uh, As we're approaching, of course we're expecting this to not be Barrios because that was such an anticlimactic finish. Yeah. And then they take off the helmet and it's him.
1: It's just him. Uh, And episode's
0: basically over.
1: Yeah. And uh, Sarah wants to shoot him, but they talk her down. Yeah. Uh, I was like, okay. Yeah. It's like, why didn't you stay with all your men and your weapons? You had
0: all those people protecting you and then you drove out on your own on a motorcycle? Like, at least take a truck.
1: Yeah. Where were you going? Yeah. Uh, so back at the foundation, Patricia is asking where they were as if they haven't been talking the last eight or nine hours back to the L.A. Yeah. Um, and wants an explanation as to what happened. Eight or
0: nine hours. You know it only takes about 20 minutes to fight a Venezuela. That's right.
1: Venezuela and back. It's just – it's so quick. <laughs> Venezuela, just, California. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Venezuela Beach
1: yeah did we neglect to mention that Venezuela is actually in California yeah um yeah so she's asking for a clear reason of why they did it and they kind of do the I am Spartacus of
0: yeah it was my fault it was my fault it was my fault and then it ends with MacGyver saying they're all lying I forced them to do it
1: um but then Patricia says well off the record I would have done the same thing yeah uh so this is like, okay, I guess all is well that ends well.
0: Yeah. Um, and then Act 5 takes up like the last 20 minutes of the episode. Yeah,
1: it's uh, we get uh, Riley and Bozer getting ready to cook some burgers.
0: Yeah, they're flirting in the kitchen, talking about burgers and about how when Bozer makes them, they're magical. Mm-hmm. And then we have more footage of, uh, of Jack and MacGyver playing basketball and... Right and uh,
1: shooting some BB ball out. And Jack crying some more. Oh yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention when. uh,
0: Oh yeah, back at the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah.
1: When uh, yeah, when when uh, Sarah Adler is brought home, uh, her boyfriend there. Fiance. Oh, fiance. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Who looks exactly like Jack. Yeah. Um, Same build and everything. Uh, She's he's there to meet her, and they walk away, and, and Jack has more tearful moments. Yeah, he
0: starts crying again. And then we go, yeah, so we move on through the burger talk to um, MacGyver and Jack playing basketball, which we already get the impression it has replaced hockey for this series. Yeah. Um, he even mentions the fact that, like, Harry took him to a basketball game. But then this, this whole story makes no sense. He says, Harry took me to a basketball game, but we left before the end because he was trying to prove to me that it doesn't matter who wins. Yeah. Which just to me means that Harry's team was losing by a lot. Yeah. Well, and he also- was like – well, screw this game we're going home it doesn't matter who wins
1: yeah well we should also mention that that they never specifically say his grandfather's name is harry yet right um they, he just says my grandfather yeah uh so uh i i don't want to mislead people sure i'm sure it will be harry if the grandfather shows up
0: yeah considering uh, how how quickly they're burning through every name from the original series yeah uh
1: in between like the the basketball and the burgers we cut back to macgyver at nikki's apartment again yeah Looking around, still looking for the clue that he feels that they overlooked. And as luck would have it...
0: But still, a lot of voiceover. Yeah. Which I hope they they follow in the tradition of the original series and dump the voiceover after the first season. Because it's already getting to be a little bit much. Yeah. Um, But yeah, as luck would have it.
1: (laughs) As luck would have it a fly is flying around the apartment and lands on an electrical outlet and then crawls into one of the holes in the outlet. And then but it's
0: like a CG fly. Yeah. So it just oh, reminds yeah. me of like, um, drag me to hell. Like I was just getting like flashbacks to that. Mm-hmm. with like all the CG bugs and everything in that yeah. movie. But yeah, it goes, it flies into this outlet and then comes back out.
1: And, and MacGyver goes, well, that's strange. Uh, so he goes over to look at the outlet, and he tests a light that's connected to it. It doesn't come on. And when he goes to try to unscrew it, he realizes that it's not even
0: screwed to anything. And multiple teams of investigators have poured over this whole building mm-hmm. and did not notice this. They searched
1: everything, including with dogs. Yeah. Uh, so he just pries off the uh, fake outlet cover, which it is fake, and there's a whole void space inside the wall. Yeah. And inside, he finds a passport for Nikki uh, with a different name.
0: Right, the name being Alice M. Hunter. Mm-hmm. We could only assume the M stands for Murdoch, right? Yeah, for sure. She's the Murdoch Hunter. She is Murdoch. <laughs>
1: That'd be a twist. <laughs> Nikki Carpenter ends up being Murdoch.
0: I think we we pitched that last week. Did we? Yeah.
1: Well, I'm pitching it again.
0: Oh, my God. There it is. Strike two.
1: Um, You know what would have been a better hiding spot than a fake electrical outlet?
0: A real electrical outlet. A real
1: electrical outlet. outlet. There's still a void space in the wall, and you don't have to maintain this illusion that you're plugging a lamp in that doesn't turn on. Because it would actually turn on. Yeah. And you wouldn't think that it would be fake. Um, also,
0: wasn't she, like, leaving the country that day? Why didn't she have her passport with her?
1: That's true. Or why didn't she come back for it when she escaped from the police custody? Because it's why obviously
0: didn't... a fake that she uses occasionally. Yeah. I think Alice Hunter isn't even her real name.
1: Oh, of course not. N- none of these names that she's given are her real name. Yeah. Um, but... Except Murdoch. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it was t- – t- I, I will buy that she had a fake electrical outlet storage compartment. I do not buy the fly flying into it. It should have been that he comes there at night and he tries to turn on a light and doesn't come on. Yeah. And then he goes, well, Because it would
0: actually make sense that the investigative teams that have been there before weren't there at night. Yeah. Because they couldn't see in there at night.
1: Yeah, that they would have come in during the day um, and MacGyver keeps sneaking in over and over again. So the time that he snuck in at night was the difference.
0: Yeah, he's just sitting there drinking and crying on her couch and then he notices that the light yeah. switch doesn't work
1: going through her unmentionables, which I won't mention.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. Voldemort, for example. <laughs> You're not supposed to mention it. Oh, okay, sorry.
1: Um, now I'm going to reveal the Bush's Baked Beans recipe and...
0: <laughs> Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> uh,
1: this episode... Pretty rough. Yeah, it's pretty...
0: Not on par with uh, the pilot. Not at all. I mean, the pilot was written by Peter Lenkoff, and this was written by one of the EPs of the show. Um, But this one was, yeah, it was just kind of a jumbled mess, very anticlimactic in the tackling of the villain.
1: Yeah. The the villain who, like, again, we get nothing with. Like... I get it. Oh, he's an arms dealer. We gotta, we gotta bust him. He's an arms dealer. But you get a, he gets a scene. He gets a yeah, line of dialogue. He should dialogue. have one
0: word that he gets to say.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, but I like, mean,
0: we the pacing is so weird that you don't even realize it's over. Like you, when they pull the motorcycle helmet off of him, you're like, oh, there's a, there's another worse bad guy in this episode mm-hmm. because it can't be over yet. Yeah. And it, it shouldn't be because there's so much time left in the episode. Th- this. But he, after that, the whole threat is neutralized already.
1: Yeah. Uh, it. Yeah, it just moves so fast. Yeah. And I get it cuz they're trying to hammer more of this Nikki Carpenter story in. Yeah. And that's fine. But it, it just felt like the rest of the show then just didn't have anything to it.
0: Yeah. And if you want to call this episode like the name of a tool, then call it like buzz saw. Yeah. But just calling it metal saw Mm-hmm. It's just really boring. Yeah, on top of being meaningless.
1: As opposed to a wooden saw. Yeah. Or a plastic saw.
0: Man, like, I'm sick and tired of these wooden saws.
1: <laughs> like, w- unless it's a saw that cuts metal.
0: No, I'm assuming that's what it was, but it's like, why pick such an obscure tool? Yeah. Like, uh, even if you called this episode wrench, mm-hmm. I, I, it would have been or, less. Or,
1: or welding or welder. Yeah, uh, like, arc Welder. Yeah.
0: Like Something that was in the episode. But Metal Saw is just a, such a weird choice because it has no correlation with the contents of the episode. I mean, The Rising actually made sense for what the episode was about. Mm-hmm. But it seems like we're just going to get tools for the rest of the season. If that's even the final episode name. Like, yeah. who knows? Like, that's what it says on IMDb right now, that the episode was called Metal Saw. I don't remember that ever being on screen. No, it was never on for screen. For the episode.
1: They, they haven't put episode names on screen yet.
0: So, I, maybe this is just, like, placeholder stuff that they never actually replaced on IMDb. And we're being unfairly judgmental. We won't know what this episode was called until a DVD comes out. Yeah. But um, but right now it's called Metal Saw, and that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's about yeah, it. Yeah, I this mean, there episode. was there was
1: a couple of good lines from Jack. Seems to have all the best lines.
0: He does, and he's also probably the best actor.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree I, that. I as think
0: well. uh, he's he's carrying all the the charisma of the show. I feel like uh, Lucas is still trying to figure out who MacGyver is or mm-hmm. how he's going to play MacGyver. Patricia Thornton is a totally empty character. Yeah. And Riley's character, I mean i don't know she's cute uh, she's cute but, but she's just uh it seems like every single line is the same where it's just mm-hmm. like well i'm a badass aren't i
1: yeah i don't know i mean it's it's early to tell it's a rough start yeah uh but
0: definitely I, disappointed
1: yeah in the second episode uh definitely disappointed yeah uh but you know we'll see they're they're, they're setting up a lot of stuff they're they're I mean, it seems like the, the the secondary plot of this whole season is going to be chasing down Nicky Carpenter. Yeah. Um, and that's cool. I'm fine with that. I really am. Um, yeah, but
0: I, I don't mind an overarching story for the season.
1: But I need the individual adventures to have a little bit more punch in them. Like, I need, like, okay, you're going after an arms dealer. Then I need scenes with the arms dealer. I need to get to know Yeah, I need to kid. know
0: his motives and yeah. everything. I need to see him arguing with Gregory Sierra over... Yeah. How they're going to take over the country.
1: Or, or yeah, something about a shipment. Or the corrupt... Him paying off a government official. Give him yeah. a scene. Just so we can... He really we,
0: didn't have a line in the episode. He had
1: nothing. He, they, he got on a motorcycle, and they, they caught him.
0: And it, they caught him. They didn't crash into him. They didn't make anything explode. They threw a net around the wheel.
1: Yeah. Which the, he probably... Considering how expertly he he navigated that ramp...
0: He should have been able to avoid them on these roads yeah. because that motorcycle went faster than that jeep did
1: yeah absolutely
0: so yeah but that's where we leave this one
1: mm-hmm.
0: um if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us on metal saw which i refuse to accept as the actual title of the episode <laughs> um you can find us on twitter at opening gambit you can find us at facebook.com phoenix foundation podcast or our website and if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. we're going to be covering reboot season one episode three.
1: I believe it's all
0: A w l. mm-hmm, which is just a great, exciting name for an episode. All What does that even mean? Hold on what is an what is an all? An uh, all is a tool, I'm assuming
1: yeah, it's an all it's like a it's like a piece of metal
0: like a uh. metal saw. A small pointed tool used for piercing holes, especially in leather. Great. That sounds riveting. Come on, guys. There are cooler sounding tools.
1: All sounds pretty cool. It rhymes with
0: all. (laughs) Are these all uh, tools? (laughs) See,
1: you can't even stop from saying it.
0: No, but are they all tools that can be found on... Like a Victor Knox pocket knife?
1: No, because... Uh, oh, well, a toothpick is on there. Um, metal saw, though? Would that be on a... I don't
0: know. I don't know what a metal saw is.
1: <laughs> it's a metal saw.
0: It, you know what? I guarantee you they are. Because I know an all is. I bet it's all going to be tools that are on a Swiss Army knife.
1: See, I was thinking more of an auger i think i I, I was mixing up auger and all but anyway that's what the name of the next episode is
0: yeah and then we get bottle opener and uh knife (laughs) (laughs) that'll be the last episode i hope it's
1: like the little little keychain thing yeah that that you hook it on your your keychain
0: yep and then uh else is on there scissors Well, it's
1: wire cutters are on there
0: yeah bad titling i am excited about maybe getting more opening gambits though yes even though this one was a little bit half-assed because it was Uh, just
1: i feel i feel the opposite i feel it was okay yeah i feel it's very passable for an opening gambit okay you had the the windy banter you had the escape and you know they had the, the time it felt
0: like half of an opening gambit to me
1: but that's always what an opening gambit
0: feels no, like no I mean it felt like half the length of what a oh, usual okay. like in The Enemy Within the opening gambit was like he goes and meets this guy in the woods and then the car chase happens and yeah, then he gets true. in a car and then they have to fix the brakes on the car so they can get across the border into the next country not just the last already, like ten um, feet yeah. of the drive I don't know knows i think it was like an opening gambit that was also just trying to further the connective tissue of this series mm. with all the Nikki carpenter talk yeah but yeah but uh yeah i think that's it thank you for listening thank you